I'm gonna go put on a sweater. I'll be right back because it's kind of cold. Now that I'm gonna turn on the heat. That's why I'm wearing my softest clothes today. Should we just start the podcast without him and then whenever he gets off his call, he can join? I mean, apparently. We should like make up a narration, like a narrative right now. Like, what do you mean? Kind of like the, the, the voiceover, like, speak for Matt. Like, if this was a video podcast, that would be fun, but it's... It's true. Like, bad lip reading. Right. That could be fun to do bad lip reading. Hey, it sounded better this week. Welcome to the Beerly Saved Podcast, where we have the discussions real Christians don't have. Here's your hosts. I'm Rebecca. I'm Caleb. Matt is also kind of here, but not here. Like, he's on the Zoom call, but he's not on the Zoom call yet. He is talking emphatically and gesturing on whatever work call he's... It's a very animated work conversation. Yes. Um, It's like, don't be stupid. Yeah. And now he's got his, I'm going to talk calmly and explain something to you because you're not understanding it kind of facial expression on. Like when when you approach a scared animal. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I guess. Kind of what he's doing. (laughs) Is it my fault now? I I would hope that whoever he's talking to, probably his boss, he's not talking to them. He doesn't think that they're a scared animal. Maybe Matt's the scared animal here? No, I'm just saying the body language. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He'll be on it eventually. Um, eventually he'll show up. We don't know if he can hear us or not. I don't think he can. Right. Because he's, he, he's, he's been very like non-reactive to everything we've done. And being non-reactive is not Matt's forte. Right. Especially when I called Matt a fucking <laughs> idiot. If he was hearing us, he would not have. He would have reacted. He would have at least looked at the camera. Mm-hmm. And he is not even like, well, now I'm very serious. Now he looks like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. He's listening. That's his listening face. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, I really want to see Matt cosplay as a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. That would be fun. It'd be really fun. You both should. That'd be really fun. You need to grow your beard more, but. Okay. But like. Having a beard gets really annoying with having to wear masks all the time. It's it's like I've I've thought multiple times about just shaving it completely off. Like I bet. But I don't because I look stupid if I shave it completely off. Yeah. Okay. Um should we go to our animal corner or are we still just Yeah, I mean, do you have any life updates that you want to share? I heard that you just got a new snow boots. I did get new snow boots. I also bought so I'm going to be preaching more because of some stuff going on um, with our church. And so I got some fancy, uh, some new Christmas earrings and a new shirt to wear. And Caleb thinks that it's dumb for me to want to have glittery. No, he doesn't. He didn't say it was dumb. He says he didn't understand uh, me wanting to have uh, sparkly red uh, shoes to preach in for Christmas. And I really feel like. This is just something that I, I think I think that it just should it should happen during Christmas. You should wear sparkly red shoes to preach. I just don't understand having sparkly red shoes that you can only wear during Advent and Christmas. Oh no, I could wear them during like I could wear them during Valentine's Day too, or any other time I wanted to wear them. I just so you get what maybe maybe eight Sundays out of the year. Sure. Okay. I don't know. Just seems, just seems weird to me to buy shoes that you can only wear that small of an amount of time. But then you get to wear them for like multiple years. They will last for multiple seasons. Unless your cat pees on them. Oh man! <laughs> Stupid cat. So, uh, listeners, Rebecca's cat decided to be like all cats are evil. And pee on all of their shoes and slippers. Okay, it's not all of them, but it was just the ones that were on the floor by the front door. <clears throat> so I, they're, they're like two of them were two different sets of slippers that have both broken down. Um, and so I can just throw them away like there's no big deal. But then she peed on 
one shoe of two different pairs that I like to wear. One of them is like a new pair of Skechers, which are expensive. So I'm gonna try and salvage the shoes because one of them is a pair of brown, like clog type shoes that I've worn for preaching and I really like. And the other one are like brand new Skechers, like walking shoes, which are expensive. So I'm gonna try and salvage them. But the real question is, should I buy the red sparkly shoes? They're $35. I'm looking at the red sparkly shoes. Um, they look uncomfortable, um, as most shoes are. I'm not a fan of shoes, personally. I wear shoes because I have to, not because I like to. I would go barefoot all of the time if it didn't hurt the bottom of my feet and OSHA regulations would allow it. Yeah. I mean, I like to be barefoot, but with what's going on with the ball of my foot that I've had for a while. I don't know. They, they look... They look like fine shoes. They're just really sparkly. Exactly. Yeah, see, I'm I'm seeing this as a problem. Yeah, I like the shoes. Uh, listeners, you should let us know. There's a link in the show notes to the shoes. Let us know, should she buy them? Or buy shoes like them. They're only $35. If you can wear them seven weeks a year, that's only six, that's $6 a use. That's like a reasonable cost as long as you can like actually wear them that many times. Yeah. So that would be fine. It's not like $105 snow boots. It's like $35 slip-on shoes. So. Right. But the $105 snow boots are going to probably last me like 10 years. <laughs> That's. I have hardly ever had a pair of shoes besides dress shoes that I don't wear often last more than six months. Like my work shoes that I bought in May. Mm-hmm. I've got multiple holes in the sides of them where I've worn through them mm. from, you know, having feet in them all the time. Yeah. So I, I wear through shoes, so I don't. I mean, I also have sparkly Crocs. So you have this whole sparkly shoe theme going on here. Because I really just think, you know, we need more when it when it rains sparkle. Yeah, see, I have this thing of we need less glitter in the world. Not more, so. I don't think we ever need less glitter in the world. Yeah, I, I'm i going to disagree on that. That's fine, you can be wrong. Glitter gets everywhere, and it falls off of things, and it's just, it's the worst. That they, It doesn't come off of my Crocs that badly. Like, okay. they're pretty good. I will believe you, but like, it just, it gets on everything, and then... And then everything is happy and glittery. You wash something that had glitter on it, and then you wash the next thing in the washing machine, and you find out, oh, now I have glittery underwear. And it's just not a thing that you want. So, I mean, maybe you do, but... What would the problem be with glittery underwear? I don't understand. Um, Caleb, should Nate buy a hen or a tom turkey? Apparently there's an option at Costco. Why is he buying a turkey? Like... For Thanksgiving. They're about the same. So there's no... Hens Hens tend to be more tender. But if they have tom turkeys, that means that they just killed them when they're younger, so they're just as tender. Caleb says hens are more tender. But they're probably young toms, so it wouldn't matter. He responded to the, Caleb says hens are more tender. And he said, hmm, sexist. That's, that's. <laughs> it's true. It is sexist. You're making a judgment on the basis of sex. Doesn't mean it's bad sexism. It just is. Yeah, I mean, sexism isn't always bad. Most people uh, discriminate based on sex when they're making their, you know, sexual choices, for instance. So, like, all discrimination is not bad. Discrimination on the basis of sex. Not always bad. Pastor Becky's Animal Corner. So this is... um. The uh, winners of the Comedy Wildlife Photography Awards. Uh, and I just thought it would brighten our days if we needed it. So if you scroll through, um, there's a ninja prairie dog. There is a... Um, <laughs> there's a, 
a uh, Creatures Under the Sea award of a mother otter <laughs> carrying her baby otter, and the baby looks like it has its life flashing before its eyes. Well, I don't know if you've <laughs> ever been picked up by the scruff of your neck, but I would imagine that you have your life flashing <laughs> before your eyes. I have not been picked up by the scruff of my neck that I know. Well, I, no, no. It's more That was more my shoulder. Like that's that just I would be terrified. So I I see that otter and I say I understand. It's like mom. I, I understand what's going on here. Uh, I like the the pigeon. Um. <laughs> the pigeon is by far the best. <laughs> that's a mood. Like <laughs> I see the overall winner, and I the overall winner is kind of funny, but the pigeon is the winner. Pigeon is the people's choice. That's who they voted. So, yeah. So that was from Scotland. And it absolutely should be. I like that elephant. That is a super cute baby elephant. Uh, that's not a baby. That does not look like a full size elephant. Look at the tusks. Yeah. I mean, it might be younger, but it's not a baby. That's at least a young elephant. There's not a fully grown elephant burying its head in the sand like that. That's definitely a young elephant. When when do elephants grow tusks? The permanent tusks of African elephants first start to appear at around, appear at around two years of age. So, I mean, it's over two years old. Here, look, let me send you a picture. They start to appear at two, but look how long those are. Those are longer tusks. They're not that long. He's probably at least three. Yeah, but that's still like a young elephant. I know. I said young, but I said it's not a baby. Uh, I mean, we would consider that like a baby person if they're like two. But Right, but that's not how this... That Humans and elephants are different. I don't know if you know this. Elephants take like four years before they reach sexual maturity. Right, so then that would make them uh, like a young adult. Most a uh, uh, middle school. Like a tween? Yeah, because it's not sexually mature yet, so it's not like high school. It's like middle or elementary school age elephant. Whatever. I was wrong. Elephants do not reach sexual maturity until between 10 and 14 years old, unlike the four years that I had set. I had confused them with giraffes, which reach maturity at between 3 and 5 years old. Elephants have a lifespan of 60 to 70 years, not dissimilar to humans. But it is super cute. I I like that elephant. The bear cubs dancing is also... I enjoy that one. Oh, but Nikki doesn't have the link, does she? Negative, Ghost Rider. Hold on, we're looking at pictures of animals. She sees the pigeon and is also laughing. <laughs> right? Like, that's the one. Although the bears, like, um, in the water, either playing or about to hug each other, is also super cute. <laughs> Actually, I was laughing at the squirrel, but I just got to the pigeon. That's good. Wait, the squirrel? She means the gopher. Isn't that a squirrel with the hawk? Or an eagle? That's a prairie dog. Oh, prairie dog, whatever. The eagle, uh, the majestic and graceful bald eagle, that's a really good picture, too. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see that one yet? No, not yet. Okay, so I got to get past the bear. I like the I like the uh, the fish one. Oh, I like the bear. Oh! <laughs> oh! I just got to the eagle. That looks like it hurt. The fish one's whatever. The majestic and graceful bald eagle is, is great. I mean, the overall competition winner looks like it hurt. I oh, I like the chameleon. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's amazing. That is a sassy chameleon, you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the raccoons. Oh, the monkey, you guys. <laughs> the tree hugger. <laughs> so, listeners, you should be uh, pausing the podcast, or you know, maybe still listening to the podcast. But go to the link in the show notes uh, because it's it is great. Nikki, I'm pretty sure those are red pandas. Which which ones are red pandas? The raccoons. 
the three those aren't raccoons because the name of it is chinese whispers in germany so i'm pretty sure and they're not striped anywhere else german raccoons i think those are red red pandas i don't i don't think those are raccoons i think that uh matt's right we don't want to say that out loud or pandas of some sort I don't know. There's a there's a Business Insider article that says raccoons have overrun Germany. The rest of Europe is next, and that was in 2016. So oh, the monkey in the wire. Ouch. Uh, I the the raccoon against the um on the screen is a pretty good one. See, and that is a raccoon, and it's not striped anywhere else but the tail. Like raccoons. That's true, but you can tell the color is way different between that. And the the three above. I don't know. They're not red pandas, though. Red pandas, like the like. No, they're not. They, yeah, I don't know what they are. Those are raccoon esque, like. Yeah. I'm not sure what else that would be. Oh, the bear playing peekaboo, though. Oh, that's like Jacob in his curtain. A a Google search reveals that those are in fact raccoons. Ha! That was wrong. They do not look like raccoons. Also, maybe we stop calling telephone Chinese whispers. I mean, I don't understand what's Chinese about the whispers. Uh, it's uh, it's the game telephone. Oh, okay. This makes sense now. I forget that people used to have racist names for it. So overall, winner is the monkey landing on his testicles on the wire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what they say. But I, I still think that it's the pigeon. I like the pigeon. Like, to me, that pigeon is the best. That pigeon is a mood. The composition of the... So the composition of this one is not as good as the composition of the pigeon picture. Yeah. Although the fish picture is also really good. I enjoy the fish picture. Pretty stunning. Yeah. The hopping, whatever those are, mudfishes. I would have called them the singing fish because when you have cartoons of like fish singing like in a quartet. That's like that's definitely clearly cartoon fish singing, but they're a real fish. So that's that's a good feel good story. Right. Rebecca. Even though there's not really a story, it's just here's some really cute animal pictures. Sometimes you just need cuteness in your life. Exactly. And it just, it like popped up on my um, news news uh, thing on uh, Facebook. And so I was like, I'm going to save that. I mean, Nikki, I agree that sometimes you just need cuteness in your life. Like, I, I agree with that. Oh, like Lily right here. See? I know. I'm like sitting here like wishing I could get a hold of Lily. You could have her little sister. I have three kids. I don't need another pet. I um I was just I was like Lily's little sister who her breeder wants a home a guardian home for is Petunia. Aww. Florida is a really long ways away. Yeah, you may not get her back if you send her here. Yeah. Also, Nikki's here, guys. Yeah, just jump right in. I'm sure our listeners figured out that we have joined two people into this since we did our intro because matt was on a work call so like caleb and i were just bsing work call quote unquote oh no he was you know how i could tell because matt had his serious face on and and then he had his like okay you need to listen to what i'm saying to you because (laughs) like you're not hearing me so i'm going to like (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna use small words so you understand kind of fa- facial expression. Oh, isn't it great that we all know each other well enough to be able to be like, hmm? I bet let's play a game of lip sync. <laughs> Matt's really easy to tell though when he feels not listened to and re-explains things. That's that's easy to tell. That's true. I do have a face. You do have a face. You're right. And I slow down, and I say things again. And you can tell you're trying really, really hard to not lose your cool and say other words. It's like he's trying to approach a wild animal. That's true. Or he's going to turn into the wild animal. Well, I think it's that he stopped being the wild animal is really what it is. Yeah. All right. So uh, last week, 
we were having a conversation and um matt tried to tell me that lying is okay so matt i'm pretty sure that the ninth commandment in the ten commandments is don't lie so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to explain this if only you were correct on that one sir now caleb you are now just being intentionally obtuse uh what would i do that that doesn't sound at all like me that sounds exactly like you so, Matt, you want to you want to try to tell me that lying is okay and we should encourage our children to lie? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, sure. Um, there are multiple people in the Bible who lied. And they're never considered evil. So, specifically if you want like the uh, a really good example is the the Egyptian midwives who said, "Oh no, the babies, they're coming too fast." And that's a TikTok uh that's a great TikTok reference if you missed it. Um, but they totally lied and were considered righteous. So, yeah, you can lie and be righteous. What up? I think that we would probably argue that there's that's a very specific kind of, like, lying to protect the innocent is probably more the point than just lying in general. So that's fine. So let's expand that, though. When does... So which part of that is the... The thing that makes it okay. Is it the innocent or the protection? Yes. Like, if you lie to protect someone who isn't innocent, is it still okay? Like, if you know harm is going to happen to them. And when I say innocent, I mean, we're talking not in the sense of not guilty, but in the sense of, like, a child is innocent, right? So, like, if you lied to protect me from someone who was intent to do me harm, is that wrong? No, because the point is that we're, we're, you're, it's, I think it's probably the protection aspect then is more important. So if you lie to protect yourself from someone who intends to do your harm, is that wrong? That, that sounds to me like bearing false witness, Matt. Like if my wife says, I've made a decision, does this look good? And I lie one way or the other to protect myself, is that wrong? Well, so Matt, that's an interesting one because there's the I'm lying to protect myself, but there's also the lying to protect her honor by saying that it does look good. So, you know, which which thing is you preventing her harm by your own words, but also the preventing you getting slapped because you called her ugly. Or there's the third way where you can like learn to be better with your language and say like and 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 find something to compliment about the item of clothing, even if you don't like the whole thing. But isn't that still a lie? Because she asked me if does it look good? And I say, well, that shirt looks nice. What am I really saying? That the shirt looks nice. But I no, that is not what I'm really saying. And we all know it. We all know that I'm saying no, that the shirt does, but nothing else does. And and so we we put ourselves in this position where the Bible gives us a clear command, right? Don't bear false witness. So if someone in power, I think this is really what the text is saying. And I got this from uh, Pete ends a certain extent, but like if someone in power is going to hurt someone out of power, it is our job to lie, to protect them. So possibly, um, I I think though, when we're looking at the context of the um, of the ninth commandment, stop it! She wants to go outside and play. Um, it's it is it's more uh, it's forensic in nature, right? Like this is about legal proceedings specifically because so much of the of the ancient of the like of the law code was contingent upon. Uh, multiple witnesses corroborating evidence, and then you could be put to death. So, like, this was necessary to have this put in place that says, like, you better not bear false witness because other people's blood will be on your hands if you do. So, um, I mean, Pete Enns and Enns might have his, might be right too, as far as like the, the power dynamic. Um, but contextually, I mean, that's the, that's the background of bearing false witness is, is not to lie about other people and to not in a, like, in a negative way. 
So what if their blood will be on your hands if you don't bear false witness? Give an example. Uh, you watched your brother murder somebody. I think then, like, you're, I don't, I, I think it would still be, like, bearing false witness by not speaking up, like, and not being honest on the stand. Mm-hmm. So now is your blood going to be, on, is, is their blood going to be on your hands now? Because you do bear the truth? No, I think that there's something in the truth that sets you free. Right. We, I mean, and studies, frankly, studies have shown that, like, keeping secrets, positive or negative, it actually doesn't matter if it's a good secret or a bad secret. It impacts your body stress-wise the same way. Right. But if it's, if it's just about keeping blood off of your hands, if that's why you have to speak truth, I, I think that that's not enough. There has to be something about keeping those whose blood should not be spilled off of your hands. Because there's a certain justness to killing the wicked. Right. I guess I don't I don't understand. Your command to not bear false witness isn't just about making sure that you tell the truth um, so that way you don't wrongly convict somebody. But it's also about making sure that when somebody is to be rightly convicted, that they are. Right. But then, Caleb, but I think, yeah, to go back, the, then the blood is not on your hands in the same way. Right. Right. Like we're agreeing on this. Um I but I think that the like the way that this then also plays out within like how does this extend to how we treat each other and how we treat um and, and how Jesus commands us to speak about and to each other is that we I think we can take it out of the legal realm and say when we're you know bearing false witnesses then a a specific kind of dishonesty when we're gossiping or when we're flattering or when we're or when we're silent it's more nuanced than just like hey don't lie because there are times where lying is actually the best course well it's not just when it's the best course but when you would be sinning to not lie right right like there's multiple instances where people are counted righteous not because they spoke truth but because they lied to protect others yeah and you know what there's also people who lied to hurt others yeah and we might not want to talk about those as much but like jl lied got Cicero to come into her tent and drove a peg through his head right so it's it's not like a one size fits all kind of problem and i mean we rahab and the and the spies is the other common one um and uh and didn't the wise men like mislead herod as well they didn't straight out lie, but they just didn't go back, right? Okay. I mean, it, it all comes back to a heart issue, like most things. What was your intent? Although, I mean, at, to some, at some point, too, we have to recognize that intent doesn't matter as much as impact. Mm-hmm. Right. So Matt's here telling us that we have a free license to lie whenever we feel like it. <laughs> yes, Caleb. That's exactly what Matt said. <laughs> okay. Although the thing that I was thinking about... Um, I don't remember, I don't know if any of you guys listened to my message on this last week, but, um. I did not. You preached on this? You preach? But you're a girl. Oh my gosh, I hate you all. We don't even need Mike here to have the misogynist note. I know, apparently Nikki's just gonna step up for it. I, I've done it multiple times today. I'm, I'm killing it. You are, you're like... When Mike's not around, we just need Nikki for all of the misogyny. It's great. Was that sarcasm? Did I detect sarcasm? No, at this point, I think she's straight up serious. Yeah. One of the things that I was considering and talking about, um, just using it as an example, is how like how confusing is it when we're trying to teach our kids to be honest? But like, what's the first thing we tell them if they make like a blunt observation about somebody who looks weird in the store? Don't say that. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah, like, don't don't speak up. Like, is that a boy or a girl? Why do they have that? Like, what's wrong, wrong with their hair? Like, why don't they have a leg? I mean, like, look, that man has no... I mean, like... Why don't they have a leg? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not funny, but... Look, it's a chocolate lady. Like, how do you, you know, like, what do you... Um, That's something that my uncle actually said back in the day. Um... Uh, when he first saw a black woman. Um, 
and like we and then we we shush them right like out of oh my gosh like our own embarrassment and then we tell them oh don't lie like all these but i think there's a difference between those but kids don't know but kids don't know that and so like it's so confusing to be a kid and to like be taught be given these mixed signals i've thought about this so many times with but that's what it means to learn taboos Right. I thank you. I know. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do this. I'm just saying let's let's empathize. Rachel, sometimes Caleb says things not to you, but for the podcast listener. Well, sometimes Caleb interrupts when he shouldn't. Like when Caleb asked me or said out loud that I told everyone they could lie. Like we all know that was not true. And Caleb was just saying it for effect. Yes. Okay. So anyway, but my whole point is just like the the having I, I've, I have had more empathy for my kid every time I catch myself going like, oh, look, you're so big. You can do this. But in like the next hour saying, no, you're too young, like can't do that. And just how 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 much of a discrepancy we uh, make signals that we give our kids. Um, and so I don't know, it just has challenged me to then try to be more nuanced um, and give just more grace in those ways. So, um, and honesty is one of those. That's kind of weird. Nuance comes with neural development. It does, yes. Oh, so you're saying that most people haven't had complete neural development, Caleb. Oh, Matt, I'm pretty sure that most people are neurally deficient, so that's fine. <laughs> and that includes me, so let's be clear. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about the political yeah. conversations that we've had, you know. Oh, yeah, no, that definitely includes. Um, In general, <laughs> nuance is not thought of. Right, but like that's 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 the whole process of like learning taboos and and learning all of these things. Yeah. Is you gonna have? You can't do this. Why can't you do this? Because we don't speak of that thing. Um, that's that's part of it. Um, and every culture has those. Ours is that you can't point out when somebody is missing a leg. Like you just don't talk about it. <laughs> Even if it doesn't bother that person to talk about it, it bothers right. me that you would talk about it because we that's a thing that we have in our culture. Um, and that's always a difficult thing to learn no matter where you are. Um, any culture, it's going to be difficult and painful to learn the taboos. Yeah, I think it has just uh, challenged me to be more patient in some of those things or to like recognize when, it, when I'm sending mixed signals to my kid. Any anything else to add about why uh, lying is still problematic in some instances, but lying itself is not a sin. It's bearing false witness. That's a sin. I mean, I think when we're a lot, I mean, anytime that we lie to present something that is inauthentic uh, to about ourselves or about somebody else that we are bearing false witness and and creating a, a dishonest perspective of ourselves or someone else. And so anytime it's out of like a prideful self-preservation not out of like a just a justice or um i don't know I, I i need a better like distinguishing um phrase for it but i can't think of uh i can't think of a phrase for it right now of like a, a simple like distinction <laughs> Listen, we had a we had a pretty heavy week last week. I think our news story is going to be pretty heavy if we talk about what I think we're going to talk about. Oh, I think we're going to talk about what you think we're going to talk about. So I think that for this one, we're going to need Rachel to read this tweet. Yay! Oh, I think I know which tweet it is. I'm like 99% sure. So this tweet is from <laughs> the irreverent reverend, Amber Bricotta. It's so good. Here comes the tweet. I sent my husband to the store to get shredded cheese for for the tacos. He came back with Parmesan. What? (laughs) What's protocol for church discipline? Do I call in the elders, email the bishop, or just post on Twitter so we can all be appalled together? The kids were like, is this a joke? (laughs) (laughs) And there's more. 
she she replies to herself and says, I don't even eat dairy, and I was aghast. This man is a genius when it comes to chess, coding, hacking, and tech stuff. Then he does stuff like this. Bless his heart. Also, where was where was the Holy Spirit when all this was going on? I feel like there should have been some conviction of sin somewhere along this path. I told him, are you sure you don't want to throw some feta on your taco? The blank look in return tells me he wasn't sure why that would be a bad thing. How was I married to a man for 14 years and I'm just now finding out he's cheese blind? Hashtag cheese blind. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. The, the, what's the protocol for church discipline line? Church discipline. <laughs> it's so solid. <laughs> the kids were like, is this a joke? That was beautiful. So I don't know. I, I wish that I had an answer for this one. I think the answer, though, might be post on Twitter so we can be appalled together. Yeah, I think, I think that's the appropriate thing. This is amazing. Now, I'm, I'm sitting here going, I've eaten tacos a lot. I, I eat tacos quite a bit. I enjoy tacos. But I've never put Parmesan cheese on my tacos. Don't do it. Par- that seems like heresy. It does. But now I'm going to have to try it. I'm, I'm going to have to see, like, what is what is a taco like with Parmesan? Because Parmesan's basically just a really hard cheddar. I don't, I disagree. No. It's pretty similar. It's just very strong. There's a there's a great exchange of comments on this thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, so this guy, Ben Wright, says, I'm trying to consider his thinking here. Did he mistake it for mozzarella? Even still, you don't typically put mozzarella on tacos. Maybe he thought he was bringing you home Monterey Jack. That's white and it fits with Mexican food. That's it. This other gal, Heather, says, Ben, stop. He did what he did. <laughs> Ain't no bro logic to be found. <laughs> he says, I've come home with the wrong grocery item way too many times not to show some solidarity. <laughs> One time I went to the dollar store for juice boxes and snacks for Kids Club. I came home with a single Frisbee and a hacky sack. I just, I guess I'd, I can't relate. Like, Nate is just not that kind of human okay but the best one is could be worse you could be married to my partner who thinks it's okay to just break chunks off the cheddar cheese block instead of getting a knife and cutting a straight line but i want to go back to caleb's stupid point that parmesan is just basically cheddar cheese that's that's yeah i mean what's the difference besides the dryness okay but then like blue cheese is basically cheddar cheese what's the difference except the the hardness and the mold no, 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 you, no. Blue cheese is, is is very different. No, they're basically the same. They're both cheeses. Blue cheese makes me vomit. Parmesan cheese does not make me vomit. So again, oh my gosh, I can't even with you right now. Have you ever had like a extra, extra sharp cheddar cheese and compared that to a mild Parmesan cheese? No. They're very similar. Except I'm not going to put Parmesan on my tacos and I'll put extra sharp cheese on my tacos. It's a continuum of sharpness and dryness. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to have to try it. Now, it might be gross. I might hate that taco. It might be the most disgusting taco I've eaten in my life. We need video footage. We need you to document it. Okay. But I'm going to have to buy parmesan cheese that's shredded because i only have the shaker kind right now it's not even real no it's real you get the 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 shreds or the block and shred it yourself and the thing is yeah you should definitely have shred like the the chips i don't know how to say those the shaved yes shaved thank you i i like the grated powdery kind to put on pizza that's why i have it I give it to my kids so that way, because it's cheaper, because they'll go through a whole bottle by themselves. What kind of Marxist are you? <laughs> I like to put the powdered, powdery Parmesan cheese on top of my pizza when it comes out of the oven. You know, if you get it hot and just put, like, cheese on it, it's fine, too. You put the, the shredded type. No, no, because it's a different texture. Matt, I like the powdery texture. You You can, <laughs> you can have an issue with this. That's fine. And I I would much rather have, like, I put Parmesan on my pizza at Mod Pizza. The powdery Parmesan, right? Well, yeah, you, you should put Parmesan cheese on. Not, no, no, like. No, but that's the shreds. The shredded, shredded one. 
See, I like the powdery one. The powdery one is is what's needed for pizza. Yeah, I mean, look, I, Caleb, Caleb, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. I, I sometimes, you know, you you have to not answer a fool in his folly. So <laughs> I'm just doing the I'm just doing the biblical thing here. I'll, I'll get the uh, shredded kind, so that way I can uh, try for tacos. You know how much more expensive the shredded kind is? It's worth it. Nope. Don't know, because I just buy it. And and it's got more water in it, so it's like a less concentrated, more expensive form of cheese. But tastes better on everything. <laughs> See, I'm just going to disagree. It tastes different. And it's better for most things. Like, if you're making pasta, it's definitely the better one. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I just I cannot imagine making the mistake of coming back with Parmesan for tacos. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Although, recently Nate did come home with peppered bacon instead of regular bacon when I needed it to make Zuppa Toscana, which already has a lot of spice in it from the Italian sausage. And I'm like, have you met our child? Do you really think she's going to eat soup that you've put peppered bacon in? Which then I still never made that soup, so we used it for something else, and it was fine. But, um, but I scraped off some of the pepper. Um, I was like, in general, let's err on the side of no pepper on the bacon. Yeah, I'm personally, I'm not a fan of peppered bacon. There's too much pepper on my bacon. There's usually, yeah. I can't taste the bacon anymore. Now I'm just tasting pepper. Yeah, I scraped off a, a significant amount, and it. Um, we were eating it with uh, baked potatoes, and so that was a nice like. Okay, that might be fine. Yeah, that would give it a nice flavor, yeah. Yeah, it was, and that was fine, but if I was using it for the soup, like... I just typically don't want my bacon to hurt my mouth. You would just not add extra pepper. Yeah, um, we'll see. But granted, maybe that was his whole ploy, was that then she wouldn't eat the bacon, because it's peppered. <laughs> I don't think he thought that part through. No, and I said, "Well, I'll let you. I'll let you handle that meltdown if the pepper is too spicy for her to eat." <laughs> I see what y'all mean about the music. Sorry, Caleb got a new chord. It's better this time. Oh, oh, never mind. It was going in and out in my ear. Oh, it's way better now. Yeah, that's that's Zoom automatically adjusting people's volumes. That's not Caleb's fault. Unfortunately, we can't blame him for that one. I can. It doesn't have to be right, but I can. That's true. He didn't say it was his fault, just that you were going to blame him. Yeah, you can blame me. That's fine. So I, I think that you guys should be proud of me this week. Oh, no. What'd you do? He did the right oh, thing. No. I oh, no. got a Fox oh, News no, article. No, no, oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, Wait, what? No. I missed it. <sighs> because there's some things you just can't ignore. Oh, poop scoop. Yeah, that's not why they're talking about it, Caleb. Uh, I think that's part of it, though, Matt. Like, p- part of it is that they, obviously, it's a really big news story. Um, oh, sure. I yeah, tend to, part of it. I tend to like slightly obscure news stories that otherwise wouldn't come across people's news feeds. Um, but this is kind of a big one. Yeah, it's um, the court systems have worked. To do what they're supposed to do this week. Well, they've worked to do what they're set up to do. I don't know if they've worked to do what they're supposed to do. Enforce the law as written. Yeah. So they did that. Mm -hmm. So Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on all counts in the trial, um, in his trial where he shot three people, two of which died in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. It's there. We have it. Here we are, though. I mean, he was—he wasn't under trial for making a stupid choice. He was under trial for right. other things. But if he was being tried for making stupid choices, that's what we really need. He would have been found guilty, right? He's—he's he's not on trial for making dumb choices. He's on trial for whether or not he murdered people. And the answer is, according to the law of the state of Wisconsin. It was self-defense because he was threatened. Now, was he threatened because he took a firearm into an environment um, which was dangerous and which he was openly antagonistic towards people? Yes. But you're allowed to open carry weapons and antagonize people. And if they try to do something against you or try to stop you in any way, 
That's self-defense, and you can shoot them, and that's perfectly legal in this country. That's how the law's written. Just like in Florida, you can try to rob somebody, and then if they defend themselves against your attempt at robbing them, and you fall back on the ground, you can pull your gun and shoot the person that you were just trying to rob. That's self-defense. That's so jacked up. It's Florida. Well, yeah. I mean, there's similar laws exist in Wisconsin. There's and in others. Yeah. I'm aware. I just, it's. So let's, that is how our laws are written is you can be openly antagonistic. And as soon as the other person retaliates or tries to defend themselves, um, you can then claim self-defense. And so according to the law, like there's zero way that, a jury who is looking at the case honestly and looking at the law honestly would have found him guilty. Because according to the laws in America, he's not guilty. Or at least the law in Wisconsin. Right, the laws in Wisconsin. There are some other states where he might have been guilty or maybe guilty of a lesser charge. But not in Wisconsin. Matt, you look like you had something to say. I'm just opposed to the way self-defense works in the in the nation and i think we should try everyone who shoots someone in self-defense oh i entirely agree if you shoot somebody in self-defense you should have to go to trial every time no matter how clear-cut it is that it's self-defense if you kill somebody you should go to trial rather than wasting the court's times with uh traffic violations etc we should be trying people who you know shoot somebody in self-defense Every time. Because you, you shouldn't be innocent because the DA thinks you're innocent. You should be innocent because you're proven innocent in the court of law. Yeah. Like, we, we, have a, we have a whole issue where district attorneys refuse to prosecute cases where they have a chance that they won't win because it benefits them to have a higher win rate when they're campaigning. Yeah, which is just, it's sad. It's like, no, we should be trying people who do things. Whether or not they end up being guilty, according to the jury, like that's that should not be your job to say, oh, I think I'll win this case. So this guy who shot his girlfriend is going to go to trial. It should be, no, he shot her. She's dead. We're going to trial. We think it was self-defense, but that's not my job to decide. That's the jury's job to decide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's other. There's two other, like, cases of note going on right now which is the Ahmed Arbery um, case is currently in trial as well which hasn't been as kind of been overshadowed it's been overshadowed by Rittenhouse which that's the one where uh, the (laughs) the defense attorney was like we don't want no more black pastors in this here courtroom right Mm -hmm. yep welcome to the south yeah for reals but then also, I learned about, uh, through Instagram and through things, the Julius Jones uh, was convicted of, uh, of a murder. He's been in prison for 20 years, and he was supposed to be put to death on the 18th. Um, and even the parole, uh, his, his parole board was asking for clemency or asking for at least a stay of the death penalty because there, were, there was wrong information like in his case, that was never anyway. So there's a whole bunch of nuance to it. So last minute, the governor finally like gave uh, granted him clemency, so he wasn't put to death, and it was changed to like uh, life in prison, maybe. Um, but so there's other things going on besides just Rittenhouse. But you know, <clears throat> the things that are going to be reported on are the uh, the the poor teenager, the poor white teenager who took an assault rifle to a riot. And the thing is, he, he went there being looking to be a vigilante. We've got a culture of vigilantism in America. It's the same thing, like you said, with the Ahmaud Arbery case. And it's it has become devastating to our culture. Well, but if you don't trust the government, what else are you going to do, Matt? That's true. <sighs> Matt doesn't seem to have a solution there. I don't have any solutions. People are stupid. The the whole thing all around is incredibly sad. Yeah. I, I wish we could see 
okay, I don't actually wish this because I don't want other people to be hurt. But, like, I wish that we had a, like, a parallel case or situation, like, from the same place, the same riot, the same situation. But if Rittenhouse was a young black man, and how would this trial have gone differently? How would the arguments have gone differently? If it had been a black, a young black teen who showed up to a Trump rally and... I mean, Jamar Tisby says... How is this trial about racism? Because vigilantism in the U.S. has always been most frequently and violently deployed in service of white supremacy and is retribution for efforts toward racial justice. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it, it the truth the truth is there is he had every right to defend himself in that moment. Yeah, but and he he just he should not have been in that moment. Exactly. There's no reason he should have been there at all. How did, what, he was 17 years old? Yes. And again, legally, Kyle Rittenhouse was, is not guilty. Right? I, I don't disagree with the decision of the court. Right. It's not the decision we're pissed about. It's the fact that he did it. I wish that people had more care for human life. And, and that exists on every side of this. Whether the people attacking uh, Kyle, the people that Kyle shot and killed, Kyle himself, like... Yeah, he certainly was remorseful afterwards, but you know why you take a gun anywhere? In case you have to kill someone. Right, you do not have a gun unless you're prepared to kill. And I wish people were less prepared to kill. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the thing that some people don't hear or think about. Like, well, I have to defend myself. Well, you're saying that to defend yourself, you have to kill the other person. Yeah. You're saying you're okay with taking a life. And maybe you are. But I wish that people were less okay with that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, And I think that's something that people don't, especially those who've never taken a life or been in a setting where they've been forced to do that, they don't, um, it's so glorified or it's not talked about, whether it's video games or whether it's movies or entertainment or those things. But I think, and Matt, maybe you can speak to this more from those of you, those that you know in the veteran like community. But, like, the people that I know who um, have, like, come back from deployments where they've been in, they've been in situations where they've ended up having to kill people, like, um, one in particular, it's like, they don't, they don't have nightmares about their own injuries or their own, like, things that happened um, or even the friends that got hurt. The nightmares are always about the people they killed. Yeah, I'm by, I'm by no means an expert, but um, I would say that it seems to me that PTSD is either seeing your friends get injured or yeah. it's the people that you saw dead and that you think you might have had some sort of part to play in that. Yeah, and that messes with you. And and yet we're all kind of gung-ho to say, so many of us as they're gung-ho to say like, oh no, I'd, I'd do it. I'm... Like, the bravado is just kind of gross. Yeah, it's... We have a culture of death in America. That's what our gun culture is. It's a culture of being ready to kill and to celebrate killing. Um, That's what it is. Yeah. And we can say that it's always about, you know, killing animals or killing to protect my family. Mm-hmm. But it's all killing. And we celebrate it. Um, I think in a lot of really unhealthy ways. Yeah. And that continued disregard for life leads to a disregard for human life. Um, Which leads you to go to a place where you will be ready to kill. And that readiness to kill leads to a necessity to kill. Or a perceived necessity. Uh, I think that there is a likelihood that he might have been killed had he not shot them. I think that in the circumstance where he was, it could have very well been necessary to save his own life. Yeah. But the readiness to kill is what caused the killing to be necessary. Well, and and yeah, like whenever you are in a position that you think that you can do that, it it changes. Um, So, Caleb, you're talking about the, what'd you you call it? The culture of death? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, even our firearms exist as a part of the culture of death. Three-fifths 
of gun deaths or suicides. Yeah. So when we talk about like this right to have a firearm, um, we're, we're basically saying you have a right to kill yourself. Yeah. I have to say it's something that I appreciate about, um, cause I grew up with a lot of guns, um, between my dad and my dad and someone's house and my mom and stepdad's house. Um, and my stepdad and mom were avid hunters. Like I grew up on primarily wild game meat because they were avid hunters. But, um, but my stepdad was a paramedic. Like he was well acquainted with life and death, uh, situations. And he instilled very much a, uh, a respect for, the weapon but the respect for the life and um even when he got like a good um like a big elk and he was excited about it like it, there still wasn't this like weird like look what i killed um bro- like machismo to it um and he would like there were certain hunt he always watched hunting shows too which i mean whatever but um but like he really like if he but he didn't like the ones where they were like so celebratory that they didn't acknowledge like the death that they had just done right like yeah. um and and more and more i appreciate how that was modeled like even as a family that we we lived primarily off of wild game um and but number 1 he did a lot of it via archery not guns um and uh which is still a weapon and it's still you know deadly but uh just unless you're certain deer right (laughs) i haven't listened to that podcast yet but i need to um but i don't know it's just an interesting though i i am appreciating it more and more um of how like his philosophy of of hunting of life of of what he did um was not in that like machismo way or like look look what i've killed like celebrating death right like right and it's a thing that we've built our whole culture around not thinking about death in a negative way we don't we don't think about death when our loved ones die we shut them off pay professionals to care about that and then just attend a service. Um, When animals die for our meat, we don't think about them as animals. We buy them in cellophane packages in the grocery store. We don't think about the death that's all around us. And that creates a emotional distance where now we can not think about death when we do the killing ourselves because we're not exposed to it in the same ways. Yeah. And it's it's sad. I don't know what the solution is because it's a big culture. It's a big shift to turn to say, maybe we need to not be okay with killing in these ways. And I don't want to give the vegans credit for a whole lot. <laughs> the who? Don't credit the vegans. The vegans. They've got something right with saying that we need to care about animals lives and human lives don't take that too far i'm not saying that we shouldn't kill chickens and eat their flesh like i'm all for it but you know maybe we should think about it (sighs) well this has been a fun and uplifting podcast i mean i gave vegans credit matt like i i said that vegans get something right even even though i i'm still all for raising and killing animals for meat i just think that you should have to look the cow in the eye as you cut its throat. Mm. If I had to kill my own meat, I wouldn't eat it. There's no way. Well, then you shouldn't eat it. Like that's that's my philosophy. If you wouldn't, if you wouldn't shoot the pig, you shouldn't eat the pig. I would starve then. Well, I'm not gonna eat the pig anyway. But you wouldn't eat. You wouldn't have to starve. You could be a vegetarian. I don't like getting my hands dirty either. What do you mean getting your hands dirty? Like going in there and getting into the ground and she doesn't want to garden her own food either. Yeah, but that's it's a bit different to to eat lettuce versus eating a chicken. Like Yeah. I don't know. I like chicken and meat, so I may just have to get over myself. 
I mean, like I said, I still, I, I still eat meat. I just think that we should think about it. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not thinking about it is part of what leads to, at least I think, I can't prove this, is part of what leads to a callous disregard for life in general. Yeah. Because if you had to confront it, you would think about it different. True. Because I can go buy a hundred chickens already dead and cleaned and ready and not have to think about it. Not have to think that, you know, a week ago this thing was locked up in a cage on a truck going to be killed. I don't have to think about that when I go to the supermarket. It's so sad to think about. Exactly. I don't want to think like that. <laughs> You're ruining my meal, Caleb. Like I said, the vegans have something right. Messing up my Chick-fil-A. We don't have a Chick-fil-A. But poor, poor Rebecca. It's okay. If we end the podcast now, I would have time to stop at Chick-fil-A on my way to work. But I already ate dinner, so. Aw, poor Caleb. And you already had ice cream. And I had dessert. (gasps) Oh, ice cream. Yes. I had a half a buffalo chicken pizza and ice cream. You don't need ice cream. You don't need Chick-fil-A. You're right. I don't need Chick-fil-A. But now I want Chick-fil-A. You could get Chick-fil-A in the morning. Self-control. No, I won't get Chick-fil-A in the morning. They actually don't open till like 6 o'clock. And they don't have all of their stuff at 6.30 when I would be driving by. No, they just have the breakfast. But it's literally, I drive by Chick-fil-A on my way to work, which is a commute of all of three miles. So, Yeah, how's the new commute? It's fantastic. It was nice pulling up and you have your bookcases all set up now, too. I know. You look all fancy. Not just a blank wall. I need to add another bookshelf because I have more books that don't fit. I've still got boxes of books. Whoops. Yeah. So I'm going to have to add a fourth bookshelf so that way I can like space them out and have them organized better. But yes, I, I do have things. Um, it's good. And you're diplomas and all that Mm -hmm. well you gotta stick them somewhere so they're just on the wall there it works well enough but over this is the third bookshelf there's nothing past that besides more blank wall well we can't see it so it's all good right there's the canvas point is that you can't see the additional blank wall um although i can see blank wall and mats and i'm not sure that i'm a fan of matt's new background I think that's a window. No, that's a wall because there's a keyboard in front of it. Oh, that's what I'm... Yeah. Matt, I don't know if he's finished rearranging his setup, but... No, he wasn't. Or at least he wasn't earlier. All right, we can end this. Uh, we should probably say goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Barely Save Podcast. Make sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes, links, and show notes and merch at barelysavepodcast.com. You, you, we went on from like a high to a real low. Yeah. Yeah, that was a roller coaster of a, of a ride there. It, it was. I knew you were going to pull the Rittenhouse story. I mean, how do you not talk about that? I want to talk about the economy, but. That'll be a Malcolm come section. We want to talk about lying. You want to talk about the economy? Yeah. Oh, you know what we didn't mention? What? Uh, happy Thanksgiving, people. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I thought we were supposed to talk about Thanksgiving today in the Malcolm section. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this podcast comes out Thanksgiving Day. So, um, so you get turkey, a parade, and a podcast. Can't get any better. All right. So we said happy Thanksgiving. Matt should say happy Thanksgiving, but he's not listening to us because he's doing work. Happy Colonizers Day. He's working. Happy, what did you say, Rebecca? I wasn't listening. I said happy Colonizers Day. No, that's Columbus Day. Columbus Day is Colonizers Day. Um, Thanksgiving is still pretty, pretty colonizer. Heavy. Bubble to your wobble. There's not an American holiday that isn't colonizer heavy. Right. So me saying happy colonizers day. Because we're America. No, I, I think that colonizer day is definitely Columbus day. 
Um, and Thanksgiving is Happy Cultural Appropriations Day. I think I think Thanksgiving can still be Happy Colonizers Day because, I mean, the entire basis of the of the holiday is a lie made up about how the colonists like to paint them in a really good light. I mean, that's the entire basis of the holiday. Uh, okay, but so Squanto really happened. You what? Like Squanto, Squanto really helped them to grow food he really moved in and lived with them and all of those things like that's that's not a false story sure he had been captured by slavers um and shipped off to europe where he lived as a slave for 10 years and during those 10 years smallpox came in and killed all of the people in the place where he had lived and when he eventually made it back it happened to be at about the same time as the uh pilgrims landing um, where he now is moving into this place where he could see all of the homes where he had grown up abandoned because they all died from smallpox. Uh, I mean, yeah, we ignore all of those parts, but he really did help them to grow food um, and harvest the corn that had been growing there from the abandoned fields when all of the people died. Um, it's a true story. You're such a great storyteller, Caleb. I'm still going to say happy colonizers today. It's a true story. It's just not a happy story. That would not make it on Lifetime or Hallmark. Like, like the Squanto story is true. But also the Squanto story is a story of tragedy. So next you'll be telling me Pocahontas didn't really have a friend raccoon. Or a hummingbird. I mean, okay, first off, I hope that she had a pet raccoon. Because ra- raccoons are freaking awesome, and I love raccoons. And so are hummingbirds. And I would like to think, I would like to think, while all of the other parts of that story are false, I would like to think that she had a pet raccoon. Because, again, raccoons are freaking awesome, and I love them. I would want a pet raccoon. Me too. I want a pet skunk. Skunks are basically like cats, but nicer. Exactly. Raccoons are like little monkeys, but American. Um, I don't think I've ever heard him described that way. <laughs> what they got to they they sit up, they got their little thumbs, they can climb up things really well. Like they're great. Love raccoons. They're very clean animals. So yeah, no, I I would want. I see them all the time, but it's usually on the side of the road. That's also a happy note to end on. Thanks for that, Nicole. I also regularly see flat raccoons. We had a lot of skunks recently that it was just like everywhere there were skunks on the road. So it smells bad and... Oh, I hate skunk smell. We said something about Thanksgiving. I'm going to stop the recording here. Fine. Matt, stop your recording.